All right, a couple of tweaks here and there, and this Ole Miss team could be on a poise for a run in 2023. I'm not joking. It could be pretty special if they put it all together. We'll tell you how right after this. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thank you for joining the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. Ole Miss is not far away from where we want to be. It, the, absolutely. I mean, you're going to look at the end of this season and everything that went on and think this team is a long ways away from where it needs to be. That isn't the case. There are two specific tweaks that this team could make that would be the difference between this year's 8-5 and five team and a 10-2 and two team. You change just that one thing, and this is three team is three wins better than they were this year running everything the same way, if these two things were better, it would be the difference in three wins. Now, the first thing that we want to talk about is pass protection. Now, I realize that Ole Miss runs a predominantly RPO system, which means the offensive linemen are run blocking on every play, whether it's a run or a pass. And if the quarterback holds on to the ball a little bit longer than he's supposed to, that could be problematic. And there's a lot of times that the quarterback takes hits, it gets blamed on the offensive line, but the reality is the quarterback held the ball too long. So what I would suggest to Ole Miss in the future is drill actual pass protection. This is going to be a key for John Garrison because you're going to have your run blocking, do everything that needs to do, get the ball out on time. But also, if you're going to do a straight drop out pass, why don't we do a little pass protection? Let John Garrison teach that. Now, on the offensive line, the way it's set up with the way they ran the ball this year, um, a different type player was needed in different positions. Like you had Micah Pettis and Jalen Williams starting out at tackle instead of Jeremy James and um, Mason Brooks, for instance. Now, the new offensive line coach may have a completely different idea in who should play where. So the offensive line could shuffle. I'm not worried about talent. This year was not a talent issue. You're going to hear everybody talk about roster issues and things like that. No, this year was not a talent issue. This was the most talented team that Ole Miss has ever put on the field. But tactical errors and trying to overemphasize certain things put them in a hole, and it led to a team that was a front runner that had trouble playing from behind, where if you got in front of Ole Miss, they were in trouble. This wasn't the case in 2020 or 2021. They played a different style offensively. They used the middle of the field. Yeah, I say this all the time, but that middle of the field donut-sized hole that Ole Miss had this season allowed linebackers to tee off on the run. What we saw on fourth down and the ineffectiveness of our inside zone run plays 
is a direct result of them not having to fear the RPO behind them and us not using the middle of the field and them, them being able to absolutely tee off. So if we change that in our blocking schemes just a little bit on the offensive side of the ball, we're going to be in good shape. The second, the second thing that Ole Miss absolutely needs to take care of is the physics problem at the corners of the box of our defense. When you look there and our defensive ends are flexed out, let's say even in pass protection, they do in long yardage, they almost play on the outside shoulder, the outside man, and the nose guard is in the middle, which means nobody is covering those runs for run fits with the exception of a linebacker and a safety and that defensive end that's crazy flexed out. You're not going to win that battle. Everybody can see that. The difference is in the SEC, people are willing to take those five yards that you're going to give them. They're not going to run outside zone because that's going to play to the strength of what you're doing. They're not going to run it directly up the middle because that's where your space eaters are. They're going to run it at the tackle. It's going to be an off-tackle run, and they're going to take their five yards, and they're going to five yards you to death. Now, what we need to do is get a little bit bigger on the defensive front, play more bare um, like defenses with the three-man front, and work up a way to give Santarian a free roll. Go ahead and build him up from the very beginning and let him go. Not so much light boxes in this league. This defense needs to evolve. But if we can take care of the corner of the box, because that's what it is. It's right there around the tackle, right there around the tight end, with a potential defensive end and an, a box safety. If we can shore that up, that area... That, again, is an easy way to win two or three more games a season. Like I said, if we don't do it, if we attack next season the same way we did this season, the same results are going to happen. Because in this league, people don't care necessarily. They'll just take the five yards for whatever it is. They'll just take the five yards and go and go and go. Those two things is the difference between going seven and five, eight and four next year, and going ten and two. That's the difference. Those two positions. Because make no mistake, Alabama is going to play murder ball against Ole Miss next year. Georgia, horrible matchup right now with the Georgia Bulldogs. That's two losses right there. If we stick to the same situation we're in. If we change a little bit play a little bit stingier defense, do what we need to do, be able to drop back, throw the ball, this team has a chance to be decent. This team has a chance to be really good. All of the skill position players and talent are there. All the back, back end of the defense is there. What we need to shore up is on the offensive and defensive line. If we do that and mix in some scheme type stuff, this team has a chance to be really good. I mean, it's crazy to think of with the way this season just ended, but that is absolutely the case. Just don't be one of those people that just takes a data point which from the last game and just stretches that into eternity. 
if you do that, you're going to be miserable forever because it just is what it is. Anyway, today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. As a small business owner and hiring manager, you know what success in 2023 all depends on the team members that you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching the open roles with the position people that have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Now, first step is go in there and create a profile. You can see that online. Just create a profile. Templates are everywhere. Next, LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data using insights from your job post, company, and their 875 million profiles to put in front of your most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect with them faster and for free. It makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all in one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right. We talked in the first segment about two things that absolutely have to change. Now, let's talk about something that's going to be a benefit next year for Ole Miss football. And that is the performance in 2022 of Quinshawn Judkins. And we're going to take victory laps forever about him because on signing day when he came in, everybody's, I was like, look at this kid. Pay attention to this kid. He's going to be a star. He's really good. And honestly, if you look at the film of Kedrick Riscano, they might be different backs, Judkins and Riscano. They do have similar traits in certain areas. I'll just put it like this. Ole Miss has a type with the running backs that they recruit. When you look at the lateral movement and their ability to go side to side in the hole and things like that, they can all do it. Riscano is no exception. Um, he's honestly reminds me a little bit of a younger, less experienced Zach Evans running the football. Riscano is going to be fine. Ole Miss running game is going to be fine. And don't forget about Ulysses Bentley the fourth. But anyway, I digress. 2022 was a huge year for the Ole Miss offense because every single person is going to have to stop Quinshawn Judkins, and that is going to be their primary goal. Now, everybody's like, well, duh, Steve, we understand that's going on. I mean, you can just look at the stats and tell that people need to stop Quinshawn Judkins. That's not what I'm talking about. The tweak to the offense of the donut-sized hole in the middle of the defense, if that goes away and Ole Miss simply just does the things that they did in 2020 or 2021, all of a sudden this defense becomes one that tortures linebackers again because linebackers are going to have to step towards their run fits first. Your play-action passing game can be lethal. And part of that will be the RPO game behind the linebackers. Using Jordan Watkins, 
using the tight end position. You use those, develop those, get those ready to play. Go at them over and over and over again and do what you do. And that Quinshawn Judkins thing is going to be in the back of every linebacker's mind. So you can take advantage of that. You know how they're going to react to Quinshawn. You need to design your offense as a way to take advantage of that. And that involves delving into that donut-sized hole in the middle of the defense to where linebackers just get to rush up to try and stop the inside zone play. The Ole Miss run plays are not really going to stop. It is what it's going to be what it is. The difference and the reason it looks so different this year than last year is because last year the linebackers had to worry about people getting behind them. They had to worry about key people getting beside them. They had to, you know, they were going to take a false step either to the right or the left or back or forward or something like that was going to open up another aspect of the game. Because of snap problems early in last season, Ole Miss did not run many jet sweeps. That will probably change going into next season. The jet sweep is an important part of this offense, and it's necessary. The other thing they didn't run is the linebacker RPO with the tight end and the slot receiver. The type plays that Kenny Oboa and Elijah Moore just feasted on in 2020. Those were not ran. Those are necessary to open up the simple run plays that Ole Miss have. And believe it or not, Ole Miss's run plays are actually fairly simple. So there's not much disguise in what they're doing. They need you to misdirect to be a half second late to a hole, and that will open things up. They need you to misdirect to open up a tight end or a wide receiver just a little bit behind them to force the free safety to come up to try and close that hole to where the outside receivers all of a sudden become greater deep threats. That is how this offense worked. That's how it worked in 2020. That's how it worked in 2021. That is not how it worked this year. Now, it could have been the quarterback competition. It could have been any number of things, okay? But they made a tactical mistake in the way they got things set up this year. They just did. I think in the de- defensively, they made a tactical mistake in doing that because they did, did not think that SEC teams would just force that run game over and over and over again. They thought it would be like the Big 12 to where teams are going to try and put the square peg in the round hole and run their spread offense and pass the ball, and it just doesn't matter. Didn't work. So... Schematically, two tweaks. That's all you have to do. Two tweaks. Not even overhauls. Tweaks. Because I think the 3-2-6 has a place in modern defense, but I don't think it needs to be the base because of the fact that people will take that five yards and just five yards you to death all the way down the field. I mean, it's really, really interesting to see what's going on and the direction that defensive football is currently taking. Because if you look at it, five years ago is not not the case anymore. It's kind of the pendulum is swinging back towards defense. So for Ole Miss to be cutting edge, and offensively they were cutting edge, they need to kind of be cutting edge defensively. And I think maybe the 3-3 stack may be the base defense that Ole Miss needs to go with. They've got the personnel fort on the defensive lines. 
They've got the athletes on the back end, and they've got the hybrid players. I think they should try and look and go that way. That's just my opinion on what's going on, but it's a fairly educated opinion, and I've seen a ton of film. Um, but the one thing is true. If they change those two things, they have a chance to win a bunch of games next year. If they don't, with the way it's going, you're looking at more of the same. I mean, that's what the difference is. Now, I don't doubt that they're going to make the changes, not necessarily what I want, but the changes that they think they need. Because Lane Kiffin, one thing he does do, he is a hyper-competitive guy. And winning is the most important thing. And knowing that, I think he is going to make the necessary changes, both offensively and defensively, to make that happen a little bit. I think the defense is going to get a little bit more aggressive, it's going to get a little bit more downhill. And Chris Partridge may still be calling the defense, but the defense might look a little bit different. And the same thing goes with offense. They need, they need to desperately go back to what they were doing under Matt Corral. The run offense is fun. It's cute. It's powerful. Quinshawn Judkins, over 1,500 yards. Zach Evans, nearly 1,000. That's great. You inadvertently created a team that was a front front runner, and coming back was not really possible. Just my opinion as there. When we come back, we will delve into the transfer portal a little bit. We got about a little over two weeks until the transfer portal window closes for this first session. We got three names that we could probably keep an eye on. We talked to Mike Huseman. And asked him to give us a couple of names, and he gave us those, and we'll talk about them right after this. Stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. I appreciate it very much. So thank you for doing that. Now, we talked to Mike Huseman. He's going to come on the show tomorrow, I believe. He'll be on tomorrow. And we're going to talk transfer portal and targets and everything. And I'm like, hey, Mike, you need give, give me somebody to look at because we're in the middle of this transfer portal reset in between the first wave and the second wave that is expected. Though it may not really come to fruition, we are expecting a second wave. Now, one thing that was interesting in the list that Mike gave me was the number of Texas A&M players that appeared on it. Um, from Donnell Harris to Ish Harris to Marcus Burns, all of those names appeared on the, on, on the list. And they fit Ole Miss's defense in different ways. So all of these freshmen, all of these have a ton of years to play. They're all freshmen, I believe. And they have a chance to be really good in the Ole Miss system, okay? So at first is an edge player, Donnell Harris. He's the undersized guy. He's 6'3", 220. He probably is going to put on weight, or he can put on weight. I expect him to be in the 240 to 250 range. 6'3", decent length. He has a chance to be a decent pass rusher um, for... Um, for whoever he ends up with. He's somebody that would fit what Ole Miss is doing on 
late downs. And if they do four-man stuff, he would grow into what would be a fairly perfect-sized 4-3, 4-2-5 defensive lineman, defensive end, okay? The next player that we want to talk about is Marcus Burris. Another guy, he's, um, he's going to be a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. He's from Texas, Ar Texarkana. He's 6'4", 290. He's a big guy. He's one that would fit essentially one of the three, the five techniques out in the three-man front, Right? So you could potentially sign him, have Josh Harris or Xavier Harris in the middle, Marcus Burris on one side, J.J. Pekis on the other, and you've got some beef lining up in the front three with linebackers buzzing all around. It would be fantastic. Now, neither of these guys play very much for the Aggies, and I think that's important to know because you want you do want people to get on the field, but if people are getting on the field at Texas A&M and transferring out, that would be a little bit concerning. But Marcus Burris is a guy that I think he would be a decent five technique on the outside, the 3-4 defensive end type position. And that would be interesting. The last person is Ish Harris from A&M. Okay? 6'2", 205, linebacker. He's a versatile guy. And in Ole Miss's defense with those box safeties, there's a position for him in this hybrid role because he honestly is a hybrid linebacker and a hybrid safety. And if you take that into account, what's going on with him, everything, and in our defense, everything, you would think that Ole Miss would be a pretty good fit. He's 6'2", 205. I expect him to get up to 215, 220 by the time it's all said and done. He's another one that is a freshman, or was, and if you check his stats, I don't know if he has any stats. I think he redshirted this year. So we'll see exactly what he can do. Ish Harris has a chance. He'd be a good fit of what it was, he's doing at Ole Miss. And what you need to understand also, it's like Ole Miss and A&M. There's a lot of overlap, especially defensively. Well, with D.J. Durkin at A&M, they run essentially the same defense. So if they're a fit for a defense at A&M, at they would be a fit here because there's some crossover between the two gigs. Like I said, three decent players, a lot of A&M. I think that we should keep an eye on it. Like I said, I got this information from Mike Huseman. He'll be on tomorrow. But he's an 11-9 player in the 100 meters. He ran a 23-second 200 meters. Uh, he, he is a really fast player, and he has a chance to be fairly fairly dynamic defensively playing the ball. Four-star arrivals, three-star, 247 and ESPN um, for Ish Harris. So we'll see. Now, there's maybe too many Harrises on Ole Miss's side of the ball. I'll have to see what's going on there. But honestly, it's just something to keep in mind. I think these three guys would fit. They would do what we need them to do. Because remember, from earlier in this show, we talked about two minor tweaks that Ole Miss needs to do, and part of that is fixing the physics problem that is currently at the corner of the box of their defense. If you can do that weakness, if you can take away that weakness, you have a chance to be pretty good. Again, I think the 3-2-6 has a place in Ole Miss's defense. I do not think it needs to be the base defense. And... 
if it's not going to be the base defense, you need to recruit or get transfers that can play and do other things. Because you don't want the same thing to happen this year that happened last year. And that physics problem leads to that. So fix the physics problem. Do what you need to do. I honestly think it's the three-foot, um, three-three stack. Um, what TCU did against Michigan, that was a you know, smash-mouth team that TCU held up fairly well against Michigan the other night. Should be really interesting to see. Anyway, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. It's Locked On Sports Today. It's available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. I do want to thank everybody, absolutely everybody, for turning in. We had a fantastic 2022. We look forward to an even better 2023. Our goal for 2023, 7,000 subscriptions on YouTube. We want to expand our merch. We want to do a remote broadcast during football season next year. And we want to add more perspectives to our channel. So if you have something to say and you want to have something to say, reach out to me. I'll put you on the air and I'll put you on the air cold. I did that for Derek. I did that for Kara. I did that for Tom and I did that for Tim. If you have something to say, I'll let you say it generally. You have to prove that you have something worth saying though. And if you do that, we'll talk about everything. We'll have a good time. Anyway, Tomorrow, we'll start talking about Coach Yo. We'll start talking about um, Ole Miss and Alabama, which could be a little bit scary later in the week. We're going to have Tim Thomas to talk about that. Um, we're going to have Derek to talk about college baseball season. And, of course, Kara and Tom, they'll be back and doing their normal stuff as well. Anyway, thank you for everybody for listening. We will see you tomorrow. Peace.